In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Of the many stories told of Martin Luther, one involves an interaction that he had with one of the parishioners on the church steps on Sunday morning. And the parishioner asked him, Pastor, why is it week after week you preach nothing but the gospel? Why is it week after week you preach nothing but the gospel? And implied it was, you know, we, we get that. Uh, we get that. We're, we're ready for more. Tell us, um, tell us what to do. And his response was um, accurate, I'm sure, because it's accurate of all people. And his response was priceless. Uh, supposedly, he said, because um, week um, after week you forget it. Uh, because week after week, uh, you show up looking like a people who don't believe the gospel. Uh, and we have placed before us this morning, uh, powerfully, succinctly, um, and yet with tremendous depth as well, of a gospel in a nutshell in the epistle uh, from Peter. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. So we hear again this morning, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might um, bring us to God. And of course, that's something that we have heard before, that that threefold message is something that we're familiar with. First and foremost, that we are people in need of salvation. We're people in need of receiving the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God. That, That first part of the message, we recognize that we're people in need of salvation. And certainly we've heard as well that not only are we people in need of salvation, but we're people who are unable to accomplish it on our own. Uh, we can't through our own uh, moral efforts. We can't through our own striving. We, we can't in any way, shape, or form um, earn or merit that forgiveness, that grace, that salvation which is extended to you and to me. And we also hear uh, again and again that it was once and for all accomplished for us through Jesus, through His cross and through His resurrection, through His sufficiency, through His merits. We hear that message. We hear words like substitutionary atonement, that He came and that He took um, our place. We hear that He was a propitiation um, for our sins, that He was a significant offering. Uh, We hear about imputed righteousness, that our righteousness isn't um, inherent within us and it just needs to be pulled out of us. But no, our, our righteousness, our standing with God, Uh, is something which is given to us, bestowed um, upon us by Jesus and by what He accomplished once and for all. We hear uh, again and again that gospel message, and it's essential to hear um, every facet of that message. And I uh, recently I was thinking about, and this is sort of by way of reflection and by way of confession as well, I was um, at a, a particular church and I was hearing sort of again and again about the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, and, and, I, and I have to confess, I, I, I just walked away feeling rather flat, um, rather um, hollow, you know, hearing about the love of God, and yet there just sort of seemed to be nothing compelling um, about that. And as I say, it's, it's not, I was, hey, guess what? It's not something I'm proud of, but I walked out and I thought, well, you know, what, what is it? Why, uh, when I hear that, shouldn't I just leap for joy? Shouldn't I be uh, immensely grateful, joyful, um, filled, hearing about the message of the love of God and, and trying um, to put my finger on it? And I think perhaps I did. And as I, I did, let me say, in fairness to the person 
I'm sure it's something that I've done myself. I'm sure sure it's something that I've done to y'all and I I ask your forgiveness for it. And I ask God's forgiveness as well. Because as I thought about that, you know, hearing about the love of God, the love of God, why? But is there there more? Is, is, Is that it? Why am I so unaffected? Um, when I hear that, and I think the reason um, for that uh, is this, for us to fully understand how amazing um, the love and the grace of God are given to you and to me, uh, it's important to recognize um, the depth uh, of our sin, and not just the depth of our sin, but the reality um, that you and I are people who have lived uh, as enemies of God. Not just sort of, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, he's, you know, he's, He's a good kid at heart. He's got a heart of gold, but he just, you know, just kind of gets into trouble periodically. No, the the message, first and foremost to you and to me, is that we are people who have lived um, as enemies of God, not simply people who could have done better. Um, And the recognition that when we hear that message of the love of God, that the reality is this, is that you and I are people who, because of our actions and because of our inactions, have rightfully deserved God's wrath and God's judgment. And instead, extended to you and to me, uh, has been love and grace. And part of uh, the challenge um, for us, because of our limitations, I believe, is to balance the reality. What is taught throughout the entirety of Scripture is that God is able to be simultaneously um, a God of wrath and also um, a God of love. And the reason I say that that's difficult is because for you and for me, at least, our our anger um, is hardly ever righteous. Um, it's hardly ever um, rightly directed. It tends to be, uh, it tends to be capricious. It tends to be um, in reaction to something that someone has done to us that has slighted us or, or hurt us uh, in some particular way. And desiring our anger more often than not just desire simply to get back um, at someone um, rather than to bring about sort of any positive um, or lasting change in, in their lives and ours. But the, the message that goes forth to us is that God is able to be simultaneously a God of wrath uh, and a God of love as well. And when we say uh, a God of wrath, what that means is, is that God's righteous anger is rightly um, directed towards sin. He has a right hatred, a right loathing of sin. Why? Because of its destructiveness, because it enslaves, because um, it destroys. It is a right, righteous wrath and anger which is directed um, towards sin um, because of His holiness, because of His righteousness. He is able um, to simultaneously be those two things. Just recently, I was uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was back in Charleston for a funeral and inevitably sort of traveled down memory lane, drove past the old house and all that kind of good stuff. And of course, the, the flood of memories which came back to me and, and, and one which I, I, I'm surely probably I'm shared with you before uh, involved when Jack was just a little guy. We lived on Sullivan's Island and one day at the office, I received a frantic call from Paula. You've got to come home now. And I race home, and, uh, and Jack is, is bleeding um, all over the place. Um, we were such good parents. You know, you, you give a two-year-old bunk beds, and then you wonder what happened. Um, so, you know, not one of, our, not one of our, our, our sharpest moments. And so we, we race over to East Cooper Medical Center, and I'm, and I'm holding Jack, and his, and his blood is all over me, and he has a gash on his head that has to be stitched up, and they, they say we're going to put him... Uh, and the papoose, and of course that just sort of sounds so nice, doesn't it? Uh, the papoose, that just sounds so comforting. 
And as y'all probably know, a papoose is a straitjacket. But I mean, you know, papoose, straitjacket, put them in the papoose, yes. Um, and, and, I'm, uh, and, and I'm there and, I, and I'm holding Jack and, and he was such a trooper and as uh, I'm holding him, the, the worst part was they had to give, of course, multiple shots at the spot before they began um, to stitch it up. And as you might imagine, I'm sitting there and I'm holding him and of course, uh, I, if I could have, I would have uh, switched places with him. If I could have, I would have taken his place. I would have loved um, to have um, taken his place in that particular situation. But of course, the reality is I could not. I could um, be there for him, I could be there with him, I could um, pray um, for him, and, and all uh, immensely significant things, but of course I, I couldn't um, take his place, and I would have gladly have done the same thing um, for Sally, I would have gladly have done the same thing for Maisie had they been in that situation, and to some degree that's, that's all well and good, etc., but that's not particularly noteworthy. Um, they're, they're my kids, you know, bone of my bone, flesh uh, of, my, of my flesh, of, uh, of course um, I have those feelings toward them, and, and as I uh, thought of that, of course, part of the thing that I remember, that I think of, of course, is the reality, that message um, of the gospel, of Jesus' giving himself for us, um, the righteous um, for the unrighteous, the godly um, for the ungodly, that essential message of the gospel good news is that, yes, God has um, taken our place. Uh, He has absorbed that righteous wrath in Himself. That which should have fallen upon you and me, God willingly took on Himself that He might extend instead to us uh, an undeserved and an unmerited love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. Uh, That essential, uh, incredible message of the Gospel. And that is amazing and it's powerful to say the least. But one of the things that... I thought of as well, one of the things really, quite frankly, um, revealed to me by God is, is this. Is say it's, it's easy for me to think that way about Jack um, or Maisie or Sally, but what I would like um, for you to do at this moment is think um, about the person who has hurt you the most in your life. Or perhaps think about the person that has sort of hurt, hurt you um, repeatedly, the, the person that you have the most... Um, anger toward, again, the person that has sort of hurt you in a a significant and or substantial way. And the reason I share that with you is this, part of the amazing depth of the gospel message is this, once again, you and I are people that have lived as enemies of God. Uh, We have um, hurt God repeatedly, we have um, turned from God uh, repeatedly, we have lived as enemies Uh, We certainly don't um, deserve that grace uh, and that love and that mercy and that forgiveness. And yet, the amazing message of the gospel is that God and His gracious character uh, has extended that um, to you and to me. I pray that um, this day, I pray um, that this season, I pray that always the words which we have heard again this morning, the words of the gospel would be written on our hearts, would be written on our minds. I encourage you to write them down uh, on a piece of paper and carry them around with you and allow um, those amazing words of good news to shape um, your life, to fill your life, to understand the full and amazing message uh, of the gospel given to you and to me. God in His infinite love and His infinite grace and His infinite mercy has given Himself for us that we might no longer be enemies um, but friends. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God. Amen.